This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this episode, I talk to Justin A. Reynolds, who has his debut, The Opposite of Always, coming out on March 5th. And I was really happy to be able to talk to Justin. Uh, after we stopped the recording, we ended up talking probably another half hour, 45 minutes. He was a great guy to talk to. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, so listen in. So, Justin, what book hooked you? So that's a great question that I've been thinking about it. I was struggling to come up with one book that I felt really hooked me. There was a period of time that I was reading kind of a random selection of titles. And so I was thinking about those as kind of being the kind of the impetus to, to really think about what writing could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so authors like Zadie Smith, my first read White Teeth that came to mind. Um, I felt like here was this very kind of conversational delivery that was very accessible, but also super engaging uh, from page one. And, you know, that was her first novel. And I thought like, wow, this is so gripping uh, the way that she kind of just grabs your attention immediately uh, with this gentleman in a car contemplating. So I just thought, wow, that's, this, is, this is great. And she was young and vibrant and it was, that was really awesome. Uh, around that same time, I read... Uh, heartbreaking work with Staggering Genius by Dave Eggers. And I thought, again, kind of the same thing. Like, that obviously was, was, was kind of memoir form. And the idea of, like, being so honest, even about your own flaws and imperfections and revealing things about people who were close to you, I thought, like, wow, that is very interesting because I think even though my work isn't autobiographical, I think it's just interesting to reveal and to be so honest about feelings that sometimes are difficult to be honest about, especially when you realize that there are times where where you're revealing things where you were clearly in the wrong um, or where you were affected something, affected in some way that perhaps you never even shared with that person. Uh, So that was interesting to be so honest. And then I think probably like the last book to kind of round that out was by Nicole Krauss, uh, History of Love, which is like a book that I like voiced on every person that I ever mm-hmm. talked to, um, because that was that was like a not only this, is her be- her writing so beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but it her storytelling ability is like second to none. I, I first encountered her work with Man Walks Into a Room, but then the History of Love was a book within a book, so that metafiction just kind of let me see some of the kind of like the pyrotechnics, I guess you could do in literature, but also it didn't feel that way. I guess it didn't feel gimmicky the way that she introduced this, uh, this novel and the novel. So, uh, those three books kind of, I read them, I kind of found them at the same time and they definitely had a, a profound effect on, on my view of literature and, and what it can do. So you mentioned you read those books uh, pretty close together. Was this a time where you were really brought in the books and really got hooked on reading or were you always sort of a reader? I've always been a big reader. Uh, my mom was an English teacher and also a librarian. So yeah. books were a constant sure. presence uh, in our in our life. In fact, like we we were limited, my sister and I, we were limited as to much, how much television we could watch. We could watch an hour a day and a half hour of it had to be something um, educational. So we had like a half hour to choose like something that we wanted to watch that we could kind of be cool at school and try to, and try to act like we were watching the shows all our friends were watching. 
Um, but the majority of the time that we had at home, when we weren't doing homework, we're happy to be reading books. Um, and that's like, even on, on our breaks, you know, we'd go on kind of vacation. But uh, I can't tell you how many times, like, at the end of the night, we'd all end up just, like, lounging around with a book on our hands. Sure. And my favorite memories of, of being a child revolve around reading, to be quite honest. Um, I can remember my sister, my mom, and I, my dad would be at work, and we would go to the library, and we'd each, like, get a stack of books, and we'd take them back to the house and find them to my mom's bed, and we'd read literally for like an entire afternoon and evening. And then the evening would end with my mom reading us, uh, reading to us. And so like, that was just like, a, it was an awesome time. We still talk about that. That's kind of the foundation. So when these books, three books came along, uh, you know, I already love reading, but I guess it kind of reminded me of, it kind of stoked in me the fire to write mm-hmm. um, more than what I had been doing. I kind of went into a, kind of a little bit of a law I've always written, I went through the phases I think a lot of writers go through where you, you know, you're writing like poetry. I went to a poetry phase. Uh, I went to like a spoken word phase, you know, trying to be cool on campus. And then, uh, and then I found these books and, uh, and they kind of just lit that literary fire and need to see how you could still write beautifully, but also like with an urgency and about things that I was interested in. Um, these are people who who were younger at the time those books came out, and I think that they just kind of resonated with me because they were talking about things that I was actively thinking about, and, and they they all appeared to be very interested and engaging very personally with their readership from a narrative standpoint. So that that I think those things just kind of like reminded me of what the power of literature does mm-hmm. of a personal literature and how I wanted to kind of duplicate that if possible in my own work. So with mentioning how big of a reader you were growing up, did you have a lot of favorites as a kid? Did you have a series or a genre uh, that you read a lot of? Yeah, I did. So, you know, my mom, you know, I remember she said after a while she went to the library and she occasionally she would like fill in on the on the bookmobile so she would come and we'd, uh, we'd gather all kinds of books. Um, the books that came on the bookmobile when that came around on Thursday, that had like, the Hardy Boy, the Hardy Boy series. So I read Hardy Boys. I also read Nancy Drew. Not gonna, not gonna lie. I like read a lot of Nancy Drew. My sister was really into the uh, Babysitters Club books, so I read some of those. Honestly, I, I like, I think those those three series. Some people probably look at them from the outside. You think like, oh, it's just like the writing isn't going to be very good. But I, I beg to differ. I still think, I haven't read them recently, but I, I did go back a few years and look at some of them. And I think the writing is really great. I mean, it, it does all of the things that you want in writing. It may not write, it may not be about the most beautiful sentences, but it, it's engaging, it's entertaining. Uh, it holds your interest. So I read those books. Uh, a book that I really remember, A Bridge to Terabithia, mm-hmm. that book, uh, I remember reading that at school actually, and that book kind of like stuck with me for a long time. I have, I still have my copy from back then. It was just, I mean, heartbreaking, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of told a story about. It was kind of, like, I mean, it wasn't exactly something I could identify with completely, but it was a story about kids growing up, right, and, and growing up in a really quick period of time, and kind of that that time where like your imagination is maybe at like the height of your, your kid powers 
mm-hmm. um, the intersection of real life, right? Like when you start to become aware of like how the world really works and you also experience great loss of some kind, maybe for the first time. So that was really interesting to me and that, that resonated. So you mentioned that you were sort of always writing poetry and things like that. So when it came to when you were starting to take your writing seriously, what was what was your writing like? What did you initially gravitate towards as far as genre, style, or, you know, category? To be honest, like I didn't initially envision writing young adult literature. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because there wasn't like a lot of standout young adult literature available when I was a young adult. Mm-hmm. So there was this kind of this big leap. We made a, there was a big jump in my reading. So in my mind, when I was going to write, I envisioned myself like kind of writing, I guess, for an adult audience initiative. So I was kind of like thinking that that was the lane that I was going to go in. And I, what I didn't realize at the time was that a lot of those, those things that attracted me to that, to those authors and that work uh, that I wanted to emulate in my own work was that they did this thing where, especially like Never Let Me Go, uh, Julio Cortez, they did like this thing where they were talking about reality, our present day reality, but they were introducing, you know, like speculative elements into into their work and and asking big questions. Not necessarily having answers, but asking questions after questions. And that was what I was kinda interested in doing as I was trying to like grapple with some of the questions that I had about the world. But like what I realized at some point in time there was kind of like this period of time where like a lot of the literature that was happening when I was in college that was being written by like I guess quote unquote my contemporaries or peers, it felt very like pyrotechnical and like overcomplicated for the sake of being overcomplicated or just like show offy, which it felt to me put the reader at a distance, right? Didn't like necessarily want to celebrate the reader and invite the reader into into close proximity. And so I kind of slowly became like a little bit more like put off by by adult literature. <laughs> and then, you know, this great thing was happening with like young adult literature was kind of this renaissance was happening where um, there were great books being put out in the young adult category that didn't feel like young adult books, except for the fact that the, the age of the protagonist was younger than the books that I was, you know, reading before. And so... Here you have the opportunity to like still write a sophisticated book because young young people are very sophisticated, um, and that that continues to to grow uh, with time, more and more sophisticated. And the thing that I really liked about the books, though, is that they were dealing with like these big questions, and they were still sophisticated, and the language was beautiful, but they also still wanted to tell a good story. They still wanted to be entertaining. And I think that's like sometimes what gets lost when people uh, are trying to write these, you know, very technical, look at me, you know, three page, one sentence <laughs> books is that uh, you kind of lose sight of just being entertained and telling a good story that people want to hear. So do you remember what some of those young adult books were that uh, first really kind of turned you on and, and you took notice of? That's a good question. I was actually thinking about, I was trying to think about some of the books that I read that kind of put me in that frame of mind. And honestly, like, I couldn't think of, like, a lot of those. Like, I, a book that I read 
that I remember reading, one of the first young adult books that I remember reading was uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that book um, was just interesting because it was all about voice, which is like what I am drawn towards. It had a plot, obviously, but it was very centered around getting to know these characters intimately and understanding how it feels to be a young person and you're grappling with these tough questions about, you know, mortality and about friendship and love and family and what's important. Meanwhile, you're dealing with um, just being a young person, right? Going to, going to school and trying to figure out, like, where you want to go to life, what college you want to go to, you know, what you're going to eat at the cafeteria. I mean, just like simple things that that we all have to do uh, while still trying to, trying to figure out, like, your identity as a human being on the planet and what you're about. So that was one of the first books that I recall really reading. I remember reading, I can't remember when this came out either, but uh, when I when I read I'll Give You the Sun uh, by Jamie Ellison, that book, I remember feeling like, okay, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is the kind of things you can do with young adult literature. Uh, Nicola Yoon, Everything, Everything, um, just like how intriguing, like here she was taking, again, a, an important, urgent topic, but still finding some humor in it mm-hmm. and finding a way to tell a good love story. Like I thought that was, just, that was interesting. So like those three stories, I mean, I, I know those are like a little bit more recent, but those are kind of the books that I think about. So let's talk about your book. It's called Opposite of Always. It comes out on March 5th. So tell me what this book's about. Uh, Opposite of Always is about a kid named Jack who uh, meets a girl, seemingly the love of his life, named Kate. After Jack tries to win Kate over, he eventually succeeds. And just at the moment where it seems like things are going to go great for them, Kate unfortunately and unexpectedly dies. And, of course, Jack and everyone else who knew her are, are absolutely devastated. But then something amazing happens. Jack finds himself back on the same set of stairs where he originally met Kate at a party. Except this time, Jack is the only one who's aware that he's already lived this whole experience the last six months. Kate and all his other friends and family have no idea they're living it fresh for the first time. And so Jack has to ask himself, why am I back here? Is it because I'm supposed to, quote, unquote, save Kate? Or is it because I'm supposed to do something else for some of my family and friends who are also experiencing hardship? Uh, what am I supposed to be to be learned from this experience? Am I even able to affect what happens? Uh, so that's what the story is about. And so what made you, what was that idea that made you start writing this book? I lost an aunt who I was very, very close to. Um, was like a second mom to me. And then um, I also lost a very, very close friend, my best friend. He was very young. Um, and those two losses had a, a pretty profound effect on me. Uh, they weren't the first people that I had lost, but it was just, I think, like how close I had been to them. And then to think about like what life what it looked like after there were two very big lights in the world. Everyone loved them. And so I kind of started thinking about the things that we always think about, 
you know, why did we have to lose them? Why was it their turn? Uh, what happens to them, to our loved ones when they pass away? Uh, and then how many times have we also said, you know, what I wouldn't do to see them again for just one more moment. If I had just one more opportunity, one more conversation with them, you know, things would be better. And then that asks, that raises the question, okay, so if we get to see them another time, then what what would you say to them, right? Like, or maybe better still, what would you want to know from them? What questions would you ask? What story would you want to hear? And so those were kind of the questions that were kind of circling in my mind. It kind of gave me kind of, kind of the premise of opposite of always. If you had this opportunity, like, what would it actually mean? And then I guess the other part of that is, so you're given this amazing uh, opportunity to see this person who you love so dearly, but in the back of your mind, you would have to know that eventually you're going to lose them all over again, right? So is that is that fair to them, one, for you to make that kind of demand upon them to, to have them not experience that all over again? But also, uh, is it worth just the turmoil that everyone would experience, the heartache, the, you know, the heartbreak? So because of the origin of uh, your novel comes from a personal place, of loss, did the process of writing this story uh, in any way become therapeutic for you? Um, absolutely. I didn't start writing the book right away. It was quite a bit of time that transpired between me deciding to write the book because, to be honest, even though the book is not about their lives in any way, because that was the initial inspiration, I kind of had to ask myself if... I even had the right to kind of use that as an impetus mm-hmm. to tell a story. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to share that part of me, because I knew like questions, questions like this would come up like, wait, now where does this come from? Uh, and so in a way, it's almost like I would be reliving that experience over and over again. Um, but I think what I've learned during the course of this is that I don't mind because as painful as those moments were, they could never overshadow what it felt like to have them here. Mm. And so I don't want to lose them, even if it comes to pain. And I think that's the thing about life is that you learn that love and, and pain is a very, a very close, uh, they live in, in very close proximity to each other. I think it's allowed me to do some healing too as well that, that maybe I hadn't done. And it's also just allowed me to think about them and reflect upon the good times and to really focus on that and, and, and to realize that, like, those memories, I, uh, I want to keep them at the forefront of my mind if possible, but also encourage other people who are going through uh, similar loss that, uh, that we can, you know, always fall back on, on those good memories, no matter how hard times get. We can be thankful that we got to experience those people for the time that we did. That's great. Um, thanks for sharing that. Let's wrap up here. But before we do, uh, a few questions. The first one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? I guess if you really want to know like my absolute favorite, I'd have to think about it because as much as I love books, I love movies. Made like Movies are like 1B. Sure. Uh, but I would say like, I'll say one book that was really monumental that I thought like could never become a movie, let alone a, a good movie. Uh, that was Jurassic Park. I remember like when I read, uh, I was really into Michael Crichton when I was younger too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember my friend and I had devoured that book 
And then he was the first to find out that it was being made into a movie and that was coming out that summer. And I remember like we were both so excited. But then also in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, like, there's no way the movie will be anywhere near the book. Like, the books tend to be able to do things movies can't. And uh, when I saw the movie, we were just like, we were like blown away with how well it was executed. Obviously, there were things that had been changed and shortened and what have you, but it was just, I remember watching that movie. We saw it like three times that summer. And it was great. And next question then, is there a book or a series of books that you're willing to admit that you have either never read or never finished? Oh, man. <laughs> I've already said this. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, continue to go out on this on this limb, unfortunately, much to like the chagrin of all my our friends and family. Uh, I have never read the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and I know that makes me like an alien. Uh, it's not for lack of interest. I just at this point in time, like I missed the initial wave. And so that now it seems like such a like undertaking. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm going to get to it at some point in time. But meantime, like, people are always making references to books and always saying this. So I've taken the quizzes and I've done all that, but I have not actually. I've read, I think, like, the first three or four chapters of the first book. And I like what I read, but I just haven't, I haven't gone farther than that yet. That's funny. And actually, to make you feel better, when I asked that question, Harry Potter is the most popular answer to this question. Is so it really? You're definitely not alone. Everybody thinks that they've okay, committed. Oh, okay committed some sin but there's many of you no i do feel like that i feel like that because i feel like every time i i admit that to like a friend they're like what and then like (laughs) if i allowed every person to buy me a set of books every time they wanted to buy me those books and i said it i'd have like 50 copies of the first book or something like people are always like you have to read it now like let me go to the library let me go to the bookstore so uh definitely something i want to get you actually i did just purchase the um the audio book And it's a pretty good presentation, so I so I might go that route. Yeah, very good. And then the final question is: What is the last great book that you've read? So I would actually say, because I've been thinking a lot about this basketball season, right? So a book that I read it was actually um, nonfiction, and I had read it a long. I, I think I read it right when it first came out. But I couldn't really remember. I just remember thinking, like, oh, this is a great book. So I, I recently read it again. It's called Play Their Hearts Out um, by uh, George Dowerman. He also, George Dowerman, he won a Pulitzer Prize. I'm not sure if it was for that book or not. But, yeah, it's amazing writing. Uh, it's, it's a story about um, the AAU leagues uh, and about these kids kind of coming up in high school with all this expectation kind of kind of placed upon their shoulders um, as as communities, their families, their friends, you know, all want them to, to succeed for various reasons and just the pressure that it that it that it puts on a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old kid um to try to like uplift this entire this entire uh ecosystem. So like that book is is really good and it's I mean it's heartbreaking. It has all the elements that like I guess I love. Like I wish it wasn't heartbreaking but it's heartbreaking. Um, it's, it's a story about love between a boy and his and his mom and trying to find their way and about this relationship between like like what makes a family a family, right? Like a great book and I would definitely recommend people read that, especially young people. I think that that's a book that will resonate with a lot of people. 
Well, Justin, uh, the opposite of always, uh, coming out on March 5th, and congratulations, and I wish you and the book all the best. Thank you so much, Buck. It was awesome. Thanks for talking to me. And that does it for another episode of What Book Hooked You. I want to thank Justin A. Reynolds for joining me, and I hope you'll check out his book, The Opposite of Always, that comes out on March the 5th. Hope you'll also check out some of the other episodes I have with some wonderful YA writers. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.